Hello and welcome to this episode of the Healthy, Comfortable, Happy Podcast. Before we start, this episode contains a lot of conversation that might be triggering for some of our listeners. If that sounds that it might apply to you, please be sure to check the show notes for a number of websites that might be able to help you. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode three, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Today, Neil will be taking center stage and I have the wonderful um, opportunity of interviewing him, as it were. And for us to just hear a little bit more um, about Neil's story and why he is also here doing this podcast. So, Neil. Hello. Are you ready? You're in the hot seat today. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to it. Good, good. Okay. So um, I'm going to start off by saying well-being, Mr. Thomas. What does it mean to you and why is it so important? Yeah, so uh, I think as we discussed last week, it's a massive topic, um, which I think has really come to the fore probably more so than ever in the last I don't know three to four years really I think um, my first real kind of hearing of it was probably through school through education um, looking at areas such as growth mindset um, mindfulness how we could potentially help our young people within the school I was working with at the time and the exciting aspects of bringing kind of a more rounded approach to students' well-being. I think it's interesting that until two years ago, and I'll get to that bit in a moment, well-being probably was well off my radar. I thought that the mindfulness stuff, um, looking after yourself uh, mentally, was something that I thought happened to other people and um, that it was a bit wishy-washy, if I'm honest, kind of, people like Russell Brand and all that. I was like, that's a load of tosh. Like, what are you on about? And I just, you know, scroll past them on Instagram or ignore them on Facebook or whatever it was, Twitter. Um, But I think it's funny. It's sometimes when you hear or something affects you directly, then all of a sudden it becomes almost the center of everything that you hear about. Um, It's like when we first decided to move to Qatar, I'd never heard of Qatar before decided to move there and then all of a sudden it's in the Sunday times my mum and dad are like oh it's on the news today like I think it you just get that big awareness of it yeah I really struggled to think about what I was going to say about you know what I thought well-being was um so pretty key to our podcast is um this Oxford English dictionary definition of it and for our listeners we haven't really said exactly what it is or what that what that statement is so well-being is defined by the Oxford English Dictionary as the state of being comfortable, healthy, or happy. And I really like that saying because it covers a lot of bases and you can interpret those three terms, comfortable, healthy, and happy in a variety of different ways. And like I said to you last week in your podcast, 
uh, I think it's nearly impossible to be absolutely 10 out of 10 happy in all aspects of your life because you're spinning so many plates so often. But what I think is really important is that you, for the majority of the time, you try to ensure that you're looking after yourself, you're taking time away from work and stress. Where you can, work and stress is part of life. Like you you have to do your job. You have to get paid to pay the bills, look after your children, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It is part of life. But balancing that and making sure that you're looking after yourself, I think more than ever is um, what well-being is about. Um, and as long as you can feel happy that you are healthy whatever that looks like um comfortable in that you know that if you keep going to work for example that you can check over all the important stuff the mortgage the bills the payments and have a little bit extra to do something with is pretty is, is a nice situation to be in and then ultimately are you happy well are you seeing the people that you love are you doing things that you enjoy? Are you going on holidays and seeing parts of the world that you've never seen before? I don't know, whatever your happy looks like. And I think that's also a really interesting aspect of well-being is that those three terms, comfortable, healthy, and happy, will look very different to different people. But as long as you're happy within yourself, then I think your well-being is, is one really all that matters obviously you want your family and friends to be well and and fit and healthy but for yourself you define those boundaries of comfortable healthy and happy and it's whatever you think that is not what someone on instagram has posted a photo or whatever else which is a very difficult thing to do you know in in modern day life not to be taken down or feel a bit oh i haven't got that or I've got that six pack or whatever the case may be. Um, I think well-being is about you being comfortable, healthy and happy within your own mind, not anyone else's. Um, So, yeah, as I said, it's a it's a huge, huge question to answer. But, yeah, I think I, I hopefully that's what my perspective of well-being is, is that as long as you are comfortable healthy and happy then yeah you're off to a good start I think yeah I think um I think I absolutely agree like well-being is massive it's a huge topic it's a a huge area um that we are trying to delve into and discuss and learn more about and grow ourselves aren't we with this podcast um and just learn from loads of people but I have to say what I really loved about that and what you said that stands out the most for me has to be it's all about your own boundaries and setting your ideals on what those three key terms are and I think that that's really important that we don't make our boundaries the same as other people because we're all different right and our happiness is different to what my happiness looks like to what your happiness looks like and I think that is really important. And that is that's definitely going to be something we're going to talk about in, in episodes to come, that sort of comparison and how that can um, affect our well-being. So um, thank you for like starting to touch on that. That's really, you know, igni- hopefully ignited thought in people. And um, so that idea of you and it all yeah. being about yourself for once, which is something people might struggle with, Neil, right, is putting themselves 
first. Yeah, and I think um, I was I always thought uh, being selfish, selfish. I can't say it. Not shellfish. Mm. Selfish. Selfish. Uh, so I still can't say it, so I'm going to leave it there. But you understand what I'm saying. Uh, was a bad thing. Yeah, it uh, was a bad thing. And and I've probably been guilty of the past of looking after other people or putting other people before myself. Um, yeah. And it's taken me 36 years, you know, 36 years, um, to really come up with that well-being definition. You know, um, I've probably been guilty of looking out and comparing myself to X, Y, and Z in a, a variety of different ways, whether that's health and fitness or uh, work or what you know, whatever else, and putting everyone else mm-hmm. first, but not necessarily yourself. And you have to do that sometimes. And and if that means having a couple of beers on the weekend in front of the TV and Netflix and the Domino's takeaway, then great, do that. If it means taking a two-hour nap like someone we know, my wife's, uh, like one likes to have a two hour nap in the afternoon, um, then great, do it. Like it makes Even you happy. Yeah. So I think whatever um whatever your happiness is, whatever makes you happy, then do it. If if it means going to the gym six times a week at six AM in the morning, great, crack on. But yeah. you know, it don't ever feel bad for thinking, oh, Johnny's going to the gym six times a week. I have actually, my best mate's called Johnny and he does go to the gym at 6am, but that makes him happy, but it doesn't make me happy because I don't want to get out of bed at 6am. So, you know, you just got to find what works for you and and it takes time, a lot of time sometimes. And there's aspects of my life that I'm still trying to work out what's, what I'm happiest in doing. Um, But, you know, just, yeah, pay attention to yourself, not anyone else. Yeah, exactly. As long as it, you know, as it ties in with the concept as long as it is healthy and you know positive for you I think absolutely so right I think what hopefully all our listeners are like super excited about now Neil is to hear a little bit more about your background and you've already said that a few years ago well-being was something wishy-washy to you you're a bit like sure cool just go along with it but now you are totally on board. You are steering the boat of well-being. Mm-hmm. And that is um, super exciting to be um, doing the same. And so um, I'm just going to pass over to you now, Neil. And if you could just tell our listeners a little bit more about your personal journey from over these last couple of years to where you are now. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, yeah, so prior to... April 2019 yeah pretty much two years ago um yeah I was you know had a a brilliant upbringing um you know absolutely no complaints wouldn't change anything but I wouldn't change any part of my life but um you know ultra supportive mum and dad little brother that I got on with very well uh school was school like I wasn't one of the cool kids you know I was in the middle I was just happy plotting along doing my stuff uh rugby was a huge part of my life and and looking back I'm so glad I played played a sport a team sport um I think it's helped me develop into the person that I am today um and whilst yeah I was you know middle of the road with rugby as a player you know I just loved the sport um had a real passion for it kind of worked out when I didn't get selected for Wales youth I wasn't gonna make it um (laughs) when I was 17 and, and yeah, so um, I think 
A-levels, university, met some great people in university, loved my four years at Bristol UWE, doing architectural technology and design initially, and then decided to become a teacher um, a year after, you know, the following year of me completing my three-year degree. I uh, did my PGCE, absolutely loved it and just fell in love with teaching. Um, I loved making a difference. I loved having chat with the kids and winding them up about the football score on the weekend or, you know, but on the, on the serious side, you know, just allowing and helping young people to grow and being there for them if they needed extra help or, you know, helping their personal lives. Like you mentioned yesterday, you know, I think that's the side many people don't really realize that teachers go through is, you know, the conversations that you do have with students where they, they want some help um, or to discuss something from home or, you know, whatever else. And I'm sure, you know, between us, as we've met, or not dealt with that sounds horrendous um you know supported hundreds of students to get through various aspects of their lives and it's such an like an enriching and amazing job being a teacher um yeah absolutely love it um should, should probably mention my wife we met in school so uh yeah from you know the age of 17 um yeah she's always been there and she's incredible um i love the bits um and yeah, so uni flew by in the blink of an eye, straight into teaching um, at a school in Bristol, which once again, I loved, learned my trade uh, in five years there, uh, had an amazing department, amazing people looking after me, was, was some hugely influential people, uh, both who have gone on to nat- national kind of involvement in education and just like massively inspirational um, and I'm fortunate to be in contact with a lot of them today. Um, and then wanted to become a head of department and um decided to move to qatar a bit randomly and on the flight over there i saw uh two people like sitting waiting for the same plane i was like oh are they going to do college um and of course it was you sas and and your husband um and yeah we've been friends ever since really haven't we so that yeah that was nine going on ten years ago which seems an incredibly long time ago. Yeah, and then going to the Middle East uh, was amazing. Qatar was incredible for the nine years Zoe and I were there. And yeah, I learned so much both as a professional, but more importantly, as a human being, I think just moving to the Middle East, understanding an entirely different culture from what I was used to. Um, a unique way of living in the heat. Um, just, I, I don't know, I survived as a pale Welshman. Um <laughs> But, but nevertheless, yeah, I mean, it was nine years that Zoe and I absolutely adored. Um, traveled, saw the world, saw bits of the world that, you know, we probably would have never done so from Bristol. So, yeah, it was an incredible time. Um, in that time, I was head of the department initially for five years and then moved up to vice principal for teaching and learning. Um, in September 2016, yeah, 20, September 2016. And once again, it was, I, I loved it. I'd, I'd always worked on my career as being five years at a time. So I had a five-year plan when I started, five-year plan when I was head of the department, five-year plan when I became vice principal, which is the first five-year plan I haven't completed. Um, but yeah, I was always really driven. Um, I wanted to become a principal. I was inspired by Sir David Carter, who was my first ever principal when I was in NQT. <clears throat> Um, and subsequently, Mark Leppard, uh, who is now at British Al in Abu Dhabi, 
Um, Stefan Summer, uh, who is currently principal at uh, Doha College, they've all had something to, or some part to play in my career. And uh, I just wanted to become a school principal. I thought I'd be good at it. I thought all the rest of it. And I was pretty determined and set on that. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, and everything was flying along really nicely. Uh, yeah, loving being a vice principal of teaching and learning, introduced something called high performance learning, which I enjoyed introducing as a huge challenge, uh, as well as all the other various aspects you see as kind of effectively a deputy head in a secondary school. Um, but yeah, absolutely love the challenge. Uh, however, things change sometimes. And in April 2019, uh, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, yeah, a bit of a shock, I guess. Um, I found a, a hard lump uh, in my left testicle. Um, it was about the size of a pea. So, you know, I just thought oh, it, it will be okay. Um, however, I've always been very uh, cautious. Uh, my mum had breast cancer when I was 17. And then she's always encouraged my, me and my brother to go and get checked uh, at the sign of anything, which um, I always have. Uh, and yeah, super glad that I did this time because, um, yeah, went, got it checked. Doctor thought initially it was kind of just a, an infection. Um, and then went back about a week later after being on antibiotics for a week to try and get rid of this infection. He didn't think it was a tumorous lump uh, to have an ultrasound. Um, had the ultrasound on the Saturday night. And then, yeah, doctor rang me 20 minutes later and said, I need to have a chat. Like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, I kind of knew it wasn't going to be good news. And we went and yeah, he told he dealt with it amazingly well. The doctor was really good. Um, and yeah, he wanted to operate the next morning, so he was like, Yeah, I want to operate the next morning. I was like, Oh, uh, so there wasn't any harm in me waiting a week, so I, I gave it a week because I wanted to get my head around it with Zoe and the family and friends. Um, and then yeah, a week later, they removed the tumor. I, I say when they remove a tumor, this is a bit graphic, but with testicular cancer, because it's outside of the body, it removes the testicle. No questions asked, just get rid of it. Because if they look to remove the tumor, um, there's a chance of it spreading because um, testes are quite um, uh, rich in veins, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of blood supply to them. Um, if they cut it to remove the tumor and the cancer you know, et cetera, et cetera. So to cut out any of that, they just get rid of your testicle. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that on the podcast so uh, with no issues is because I think it's really important that people know about it. I didn't know anything about testicular cancer until I had it. Um, so if there's any gentlemen or females out there and you feel um, an unusual lump somewhere in your body, breast, testicles, back, wherever it is, go and get it checked out. Just there's no harm in asking. Even through the COVID uh, nightmare, doctors mm. have been seeing patients. I've returned from the Middle East. I've I've been into the system and out of the system. I.e., everything's on record. Had everything checked over, no doubt. Uh, no questions asked, or you know, any time delays or anything has been amazing. Um, so yeah, go and get it checked out. So that's why I always talk about it because one of the key things I want to do following the illness is raise awareness. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a shock in April, 2019, obviously, um, dependent on the type of tumor that they find. Um, after, so once they remove the testicle, they do the biopsy, then they determine what type of 
cancer it is. It was a fast-growing one, so they suggested adjuvant chemotherapy, which is basically there's no cancer in your body. So I had all the blood tests, et cetera, and it hadn't spread, thankfully. So it was stage one, which is brilliant. Um, but then sometimes with testicular cancer, like my testicular cancer, they suggest adjuvant chemotherapy. Uh, there's no cancer in your body, but they want to kill everything off anyway. Make sure that if there is any cancer untraced in your body, that it gets killed off. When you look at it, it's pretty harsh because <laughs> you go through six weeks of chemotherapy um, when there's potentially nothing to kill off. However, it reduces your chances of it coming back from, I think it's 33% to 2%, which is the normal male chance of getting testicular cancer. So for me, basic mass, it was a no-brainer. Uh, however, it did wipe me out for all of term three in that academic year of 2019. Um so yeah, just um, I did the chemotherapy. School were incredibly supportive, giving me and that, all the time off that I wanted, um, which is great because it made my job or my job only to concentrate on getting better. Um, and yeah, I to be honest, during the six weeks of the chemo, I wasn't in any much of a fit state to do anything anyway. So um, yeah, and I thought I was better. Like after the chemotherapy finished in July. Um, Apart, I had a bald head. I felt knackered, um, but I had I had an eight week holiday. We went to Australia. We saw friends um, and family, and we had a great six weeks in Australia. Like chilled out, no rushing around, just going to the beach and eating and whatever, living the good life. Um, I was always tired. Um, that was the only thing. Um, and as a fit thirty five year old, the natural instinct is for you to. You know, be fit like you've always been. When you're ill, you're like, give it a couple of weeks, you're back in the gym or you're out running or whatever the case may be. Um, but I just couldn't get, like, I never felt full of energy. Um, and whilst the treatment in Qatar was amazing, the mental health side of it wasn't. Um, I didn't find this out until March 2020 when I actually saw a counsellor from the UK. Um, but yeah, I kind of cracked on with the summer holiday, got the summer holiday over, and I wanted to go straight back into school at the end of August, do all the analysis of the results, um, work with the senior leadership team to get the inset days sorted, um, welcome the new staff, all the rest of it, which I did, and I, I, I absolutely loved it because that's my job and that's what I love doing. Um, but during that first term, something wasn't quite right in that I was always tired, um, I was always exhausted um, on the weekends, um etc part of it a huge part of it was the fatigue um mm. sorry onset um delayed fatigue from the chemotherapy so some people um get it some people don't uh, i did get it um because i think i just jumped into my normal life head down crack on with it that's the way i've dealt with everything else when i get rough patches um and it normally ends up being okay but i think i underestimated the impact the chemotherapy has had on my body um so yeah by the time christmas came around i was exhausted like wiped out i was done um pale ill looking sickly but once again my normal head said look two week christmas holiday crack on with it rest up sleep which i did um and you'll be fine ready to go for january which i thought i was jump back into school i think we had two inspections one week after another. And just to clarify, Middle East 
inspections or international school inspections um are inspections and and they are tough but they're not like Ofsted tough um mm. so I was looking forward to the inspection because it's a two-way process as opposed to a one-way inspection which Ofsted can quite often be seen as so um yeah the inspections came and went but I didn't at that time, although I was knackered and I should have probably not been in school, I didn't want to let the team down. So I just carried on. And then not long after that, um, I had a one-to-one with Stefan, who I mentioned earlier. Um, and yeah, I just broke down in his office crying because I was so exhausted. Um, and by this time, I'd lost um, my passion for education. I, I was just not interested in doing anything to do with the college and it wasn't anything to do with Dover College. It was me, um, and yeah, it was it was really tough. Um, I then started seeing a, a counselor. Um, Stefan gave me time off until this was March time until the Easter holiday, so it's probably about three weeks off work plus the Easter holiday. And then um, in the February of the half term, I decided that I was going to hand in my notice because I wanted to. Uh, just take some time off and and stop and not be in charge of running or helping to run an incredibly successful and busy school. Um, that was an incredibly tough decision to make. But once again, Zoe, my family, um, Chris and Nige, my my parents-in-law who lived in Doha, um, you know, all supported me through it. Mum and dad back home, you know, just I think my mum was secretly delighted that I was coming home um, because I'd always indicated that I never was, you know, going to return to the UK anytime soon. Um, yeah, um, my brother and friends, you, Sass, you came out in that February and I kind of got to tell you in, in person, which I was really grateful for. And yeah, it was just, yeah, I just had a bit of a meltdown, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I was de- slight, I wouldn't say I was depressed, um, but I was put on antidepressants. Um, so yeah, I took antidepressants. I'm literally just coming off them now. So um, yeah, I'm trying to remove myself from them. Um, we're, we're in, you know, it's all safe with doctors and stuff, but um, yeah, just, I want to be drug free. <clears throat> Long winded story. Basically that's why wellbeing has, has become such an important aspect to me is because um, through the cancer returning to work just being very male in my response um or very i I guess it's not just a male there's a the male aspect of it is kind of um crack on with it no one else is moaning like i compared myself to other people that had gone back straight into work who other cancer patients that have got it much worse than me i only had i only had stage one comparatively you know it could have been much worse um, I know that was probably the wrong thing to do. I still had cancer, but um, yeah, I just yeah couldn't get my head around it and it kind of fried my brain a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, and it, it was a really tough time. Um, fortunately, once again, Stefan gave me room then for the rest of the academic year, took a lot of my workload off me. And I, once again, I've thanked them before, but I'll always thank them. Um, the rest of the leadership group Um took on extra workload to help me um and which i'm always grateful for um and then yeah that's ended up with me moving back to south wales um in july 2020 back to the uk um and if i'm 
honest, nine months later, it's the absolute best thing I've, yeah, we, I could have done. Um, the freedom of not being in work, I returned without a job, um, but knew that Zoe and I could get by for, you know, six or seven months or so without really needing to work if we didn't want to. Uh, we both have, we're, we're both back, you know, working in various different bits. Me as a educational consultant and, and Zoe has, has picked up a couple of jobs along the way. Um, but nevertheless, having the time off not to be in a highly pressured work situation day in, day out, like schools are, um, yeah, it's just been a, a total fresh of breath air. And nine months later, as I said, I'm much better, much happier, much more relaxed, much more chilled out. I don't worry or fret about anything much anymore, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, that's why this podcast is so important to me is because I want to raise awareness of mental well-being. I mentioned the male psychosis type thing that goes on a little bit earlier on. I think that's the case with any professional, so male or female. I think if you're a professional person, you don't want to let anybody else down. Teachers are the worst of it, by the way, in my experience, because um, in a work environment, I think you've got your, yeah, okay, you may be working in a team and it might be a high pressure team and doing whatever, but I think teachers go into teaching because of the uh, because of an intrinsic need to help young people. So when you're not in school and you're not in front of your class, you're not helping those young people anymore. So teachers, although yes, we do get incredible holidays, but believe me, they are much needed. Um, teachers, I think think that they can't take any time off when they're ill because they're letting their students down and they already get enough holidays, right? It's a mental thing that you're going to teach them with, I think. Um, but it's so important to be able to step away sometimes and give yourself that time um, in order. When you're ill, you're ill, and, that, and that's, that's the end of it. I can't really remember why I'm on this tax. Oh, the male thing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, male thing. Yeah, and and I think there's a professional aspect of it. So, males and females mm -hmm. suffer from that, not just in teaching, but also you know in the world of business or whatever whatever field or sector you're in. Yeah. But also for me, I think it's a bit of that male chauvinistic side of not wanting to let you know be seen to be weak as ridiculous as that sounds is it i think is a huge problem with men in general um not being happy to talk not sharing your problems i mean yeah i just can't encourage other men to and, and women but men because they tend to be the ones that don't do it so well to get mm -hmm. out there and talk as soon as you come across any problems um and all of these very different things is why i'm sitting here with you telling my story now sas so and i have to say i mean i've heard the story i've i've been your friend through the story and it's still just to hear it it's just still um like you know it's still heartbreaking what mm. you had what you went through and you know and it's amazing like zoe how incredible she was um 
and I can still you know I can still remember the moment that you told me and I know how many people were affected by it but on the flip you have literally taken it and run with it and tried to flip it as a positive right which is incredible but for those of you out there who don't know Neil like he is someone who is like super passionate about education he is Mr Teacher if there was a Mr Man he would be Mr Teacher right because he loved it he loves it he loves it um and it was um to see to see one of your like really good friends lose their passion and their drive for something that means so much to them was was heartbreaking and he has taken a brave step so thank you Neil for sharing your story again with me but with everybody else today um I think you are extremely brave and I love what your message is and why well-being is just another strand to why we are doing this and um I hope that, you know, at least one person out there is listening to this and will take something positive from it and talk or check themselves or anything. And, yep. you know, uh, then then your job is done, my friend. Your job is done. Hey? Yeah, absolutely. I think and that's super important to me. Um, something actually looking back, I probably learned, took from my mum because when she had breast cancer, got through it, survived, she's yeah, she must be 20 years clear now. So, um, yeah, she that's one of the things she did straight away was offered to become a Valindra is the, the Welsh Cancer Hospital uh, in Cardiff. And I think she was a volunteer for them. I think she was on the phone counsellor. Um, and I think it's probably subconsciously something that, you know, I thought wanted to do because that's exactly what my mum did. And, you know, I'm doing the same in, in different ways, podcasts that, you know, mm. when about 20 years ago, my mum had it. But yeah, I just want to spread that word. Just, you know, if listening to this either helps someone speak to someone else or, um, you know, get something checked out that they've been sitting on for a while. Yeah, just don't do it. Just get to the doctor. It, you know. <laughs> they have a bit yes, of a feel doctor. yeah they have a bit of a feel Do it. it's not embarrassing they've seen it plenty of times before and and they're super quick to act on anything so yeah just get to the doctor get seen um and yeah and the same with talking uh, and the well-being and the melting aspect side speak mm -hmm. to someone anyone your mate not a mate there's loads of support lines out there if you don't want to speak to anyone because you feel stupid just get your mobile phone go and sit in a park somewhere and have a chat with someone anything just just do it so yeah there are there are about. people out there aren't there and we will we will share um details of um all these different helplines that are available and yeah absolutely please do use them because there will even if one doesn't work for you there will be someone that you will be able to connect with and will hopefully um support you and guide you the way that you need to be guided so there you go, everybody. That is Neil's story. You've now heard from both of us um, as to why we are here. We are two people who are continued to grow um, with well-being and what it means to us. And we are excited to learn more about it from other people. Um, 
and hopefully guests and you as um, as our listeners. So now, Neil, it's question time. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. So, Feels like mastermind. Um, yeah, yeah. Your your uh, specialist round. Um, are you healthy? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Um, now that the gyms are back, well, no, sorry, they're not yet in Wales. So I think it's n- next week. Um, they open back up, or well, maybe the week after. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, healthy wise, yeah, I feel in a pretty good place. I feel guilty every now and again, like everyone else does. But uh, yeah, mentally, particularly, I'm in such a better place. Um, just with regards to everything, love in my life, um, from friends, family, um, my career, like educational consultancies just opened up a whole new world of joy. Uh, and, you know, that love we talked about, about education is is certainly back. It's a different way of doing it but nevertheless you know I've, I've got some amazing opportunities so incredibly um grateful for that so yeah healthy yeah my my heart is full sort of thing yes and that is an amazing thing to hear okay are you comfortable yeah so uh, i think last <laughs> week when we spoke about this the first thing that came to me was financially i don't know why um but i mentioned to you before about um something called uh, system one thinking system one thinking is mm-hmm. when your first reaction to something so it's immediate and my system one thought to the term are you co- or the question are you comfortable as finance don't know why mm-hmm. system two thinking is your slower part of your brain when you actually take a step back and think about something then you know you get to coerce yourself into some, <laughs> maybe looking at something in a different way so yeah, am I comfortable? Yes, yeah, really interesting question. But yeah, I am. I'm, you know, roof over my head, got enough money to pay for the bills and and you know put petrol in the car and all the rest of it. And that is something that has changed since cancer. Um, bizarrely, is my outlook on material things has changed. I do still, you know, I still like you know a nice shirt or a nice pair of trainers, um, but it's not as important to me as as it was. Is you know, the simple things, going for a walk is my new thing. I just love going for a 5K walk with a podcast in, just on my own with Zoe, without Zoe, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, so yeah, am I comfortable? Yeah, I am. I'm very comfortable. And the other thing is comparisons to other people in the world. You know, it's, we're incredibly lucky here in the UK or if you're in the States or wherever else, you know, just remember that, you know, you're pretty lucky for everything that we've got. That is, yeah, and um, I, I'm with you with the walk. Love a walk. Love a. I've had to love a walk for the last year. <laughs> yeah, everyone has, I think, from me. So, but it is something that has been, yeah, magical. So, thank you for that. And my final question: Then, are you happy, Neil? Yeah, yeah, d- just yeah, delighted. Like, I can't explain how how happy I am. I just tell Zoe all the time, like, I'm just so happy. I just yeah, working from home, just chilling out. You know, I go for a coffee in the morning if I want to go for a coffee. I do all all the work I've got to do, of course, but yeah, it's a completely different environment to where I was. And I've been funny enough returning home to Wales, being that much closer to my mum and dad, my brother, my niece, um, his wife, um, Zoe's mum and dad. Just yeah, it's just a it, 
it's just changed everything. Like I can't really put into words how happy I am. So yeah. That like literally I, I felt a hundred percent confident with what your answer was going to be for that one. And I'm sure that people can absolutely feel um, that you are super happy and comfortable Mm -hmm. and healthy where you are right now. Right. And you, you were brave. Like you took a step those people that have worked in the Middle East will understand there are benefits of working in the Middle East and to move away from those benefits and without a job, right? Which is what you both did. Yeah. Can be very daunting. But actually, for you guys, I mean, I'm putting words into your mouth, <laughs> liberating. Yep. Um, a sense of freedom, choice. Yeah. All of yeah. Those. Yeah. Just, you know, I think yeah i mean i can't really put my finger on it if so much but i I just think yeah i just i was probably unaware that i needed to change as much as i did and i heard um joe malone on the high performance podcast today and she had cancer I, i didn't know but um sometimes you need a push and uh, I think cancer, in a roundabout way, it was that push. And Joe Malone said today, would I change? I, I'm not sure if she got asked or she said, but in a funny way, cancer was a good thing. Like, it's not. It, it's rubbish, as we found out last week. You know, the end point can be horrendous. But nevertheless, it has happened. It's a chapter in my life. And, you know, it's pushed me towards something that I probably wouldn't have gone towards otherwise um and I think I'm a better person for it so and I think Zoe and I are better for it in that we're far more relaxed people um doing what we're doing now so I think it's just better life's for living right so life is a hundred percent for living so talking about that yeah what would then be your three simple tips on achieving well-being yeah so uh i just mentioned at the start do what makes you happy um you know whatever that may be and and sometimes i think that that doing what makes you happy may involve taking a risk but i think if you approach things in the right way and get all kind of ducks in a row and, and as a sensible about it take a logical approach to things then you know, whatever that happy looks like, maybe you're not in that place right now, but, you know, I'm I'm confident that you can work towards it. So, yeah, do what makes you happy. Um, I really liked yours from last week, Sass. Be kind to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually something that Michelle Gammon out in Doha, I, I hope she listens to this podcast because I got a, a huge thank you to say to her for all her love and support doing um me being being diagnosed and then forever after um it's something that she always said to me um when i was ill and just be kind to yourself and yeah i'll always use that as a rule and the third one um enjoy it enjoy it you're not like yeah it's Marie frowned out in Doha, uh, said, <laughs> life's not a dress rehearsal, right? Um, so any opportunity you get, take it and run. So yeah, enjoy it. Amazing. So there you go. That is everybody. That is Neil. 
that is his story. That's his journey to now. It's definitely merely the start, I feel, of our next chapter, Neil, our yeah. next journey. I know. How exciting. Yeah. Um, and I feel in reflection to what uh, what we've said, just our, our stories, just our little lives. Um, it's not about what happens to you, right? It's about how you react. It's about what you do next. It's about your mindset at that point and where you go with it that can really drive you to the next positive thing, hopefully. And it's having the right people around you that can really build a really positive, you know, next, just next little step, finding the joy, right? Little steps so now at I just a time. Want, huh? Little steps at a time. Little steps. Oh, yeah, we love a little step. So I just want to say once more, thank you so much. Um, thank you for sharing, my friend. Um, it's It's been a joy to listen to you. And I am so proud and so happy that you're back in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Selfishly. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and thank you for, for everything that you've spoken about today with us all. I hope you've all enjoyed today's um, podcast. Um, we please do uh, listen in, tune in for our next one. And thank you very much, everybody. It's a big thank you to Neil. And Cheers, gang. See you Bye. next time.